Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, bonus episode. We're joined by Bob Thompson, former president of Fox Sports Networks and Fox Sports International, founder of the Thompson Sports Group, and providing some insight as it relates to the new Big 12 television agreement with Fox and ESPN. Also thoughts on the future of the Pac-12 and what their impending agreement may look like. We get into it all next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Thanks again for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team Every day for this special bonus episode. Great to be with you on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Casey Cowan and thrilled to be joined by Bob Thompson, founder of Thompson Sports and, of course, the former Fox Sports president, Fox Sports International. This is a guy who knows what's going on when we're talking television contracts. And, Bob, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, for your time here today. I've enjoyed following you on Twitter as uh, you've been speculating with the rest of us, though obviously your opinion's a little bit more informed. And you agreed to have this conversation with me last week, and I thought we would still kind of be speculating a little bit, and we might, but we've got a Big 12 agreement now in place with ESPN and Fox. And uh, just to begin our conversation, I'm curious maybe what stood out to you uh, about that agreement. Well, first of all, Casey, thanks for having me. I think you're absolutely right on the whole speculating part. Um, I I had speculated recently that I didn't think they were that close and nothing was imminent because I had listened to the commissioner and he was talking about how the they hadn't even got to the term discussions. And then lo and behold, we wake up yesterday morning and there's a deal. So I don't know that I got that much more inside information than anyone else, but... <laughs> You know, I think the deal is great for the conference. I think it provides them with some, you know, some stability going forward, which there's been a little lack of in the in the Big 12 for a couple of years with the departures of Texas and Oklahoma. I think that it also provides them with some certainty in terms of revenue dollars going forward, certainty as to revenue dollars they might be able to uh, dangle in front of potential expansion candidates. Um, and it also, I think, gets them in a, with the six-year deal, it gets them in a good position uh, for their next renewal and that they'll be, you know, after the Big Ten. So you can assume the Big Ten can come in and set the set a bar. And certainly the Big 12 can try and get as close to that bar as, as possible. And it also allows them to go before the SEC a few years and a, and, and a number of years before the, the ACC. The only kind of one hanging out is is the Pac-12, and I, I would assume that deal is going to be done here relatively soon. Well, I, I was curious uh, about anything that might have surprised you, and maybe it was more so how actually imminent a deal was or the timing uh, of this. wasn't an announcement. I guess it was a leak or reporting or, or whatever way you want to describe it, but uh, a Sunday drop. Uh, were you surprised by that, and what do you think that that's all about? Does that relate to – Pac-12 meetings or maybe impending announcements from them? How did you process that? You know, I, I at first, it, it, you know, it really was a surprise. You just, you know, you just don't bury news like that on a Sunday. Um, 
I think that it could have been, you know, maybe they wanted to get it in Sports Business Journal, who they, the story was leaked to. Their edition comes out on Monday. So by getting getting it with them on Sunday, um, <clears throat> it was for sure going to be in there in, in this week's issue. It, it could be that there's a feeling that someone else is going to make an announcement uh, and they wanted to jump them. And I don't know that anything's imminent anywhere else, like Pac-12 or, or, or so forth, or that there's any potential conference uh, expansion announcements coming. But I think uh, certainly the conference decided it was the right move to make. And, you know, I think uh, other than, you know, making a lot of people's Sundays a little more exciting, it was uh, <laughs> hard, to, hard to knock them on it. Yeah, certainly in Big 12 country, it made our Sunday a little bit more exciting, no doubt about that. Um, I, I was certainly interested in, in visiting with you for so many reasons, but one of those primarily because of what right now is the conversation surrounding um, over-the-air access, cable network access, streaming platforms. And it kind of seemed like these two, the Big 12 and now the Pac-12, uh, were the ones that maybe most recently at least were uh, discussing some of these possible streaming options. I, I wonder if you... Tell me if I'm wrong or right seeing it this way. I feel like as tradition-based as college football is, and most of those leaders I assume are, is there some great hesitancy to really, you know, turn it over, you know, tier one rights or something like that to a streaming platform? How do you see this breakdown between, hey, you've got digital opportunity and maybe huge dollars. I mean, huge dollars possibly, especially in the case of the Pac-12 potentially versus just simple access uh, for your consumer. Right. That's been a, you know, age old uh, consideration. And back, back when, when I was involved first getting some of the stuff onto to cable, it was the same way. Do we leave broadcast for cable? And now it's, do we leave broadcast and cable for streaming? I think it'd be uh, very smart for all the conferences and pretty much every deal that's happened has a streaming element for them to, you know, dip their toe into it and get used to it. You, you have to go where your fans are. And increasingly, fans are on uh, other platforms besides, you know, basic cable and, and, and over-the-air broadcast. You've got a lot of people cutting the cord. You've got a lot of people who are, had never even had the cord in the first place. And they're consuming their media in a different way. But what you have to be careful of is you don't want to get locked into this idea of trading dollars for distribution. The, the, the dollars that the streaming services can dangle in front of you are... are are very, very enticing, but you have to think about what you're potentially giving up in, in terms of widespread exposure. And I think if you look at the deals that have been done recently the, with the Big Ten, which has three over-the-air broadcast networks, truly an NFL model, the and and then um, the two cable networks as well uh, with BTN and, and Fox Sports 1. And then you also, in the Big 12 deal, you've got Fox and ESPN, and ABC and FS1 and their streaming element though, on top of that is ESPN plus. So they've, they've got the wide distribution on your typical linear broadcasting cable networks, but they've also added the portion of, of, of ESPN plus where those third tier rights have been for a number of years. And so that it, there's still going to be some access uh, across the board. The one that's hanging out there and who might be looking at, actually do trading dollars for distribution is the PAC 12. Um, there's been a lot of talk about them potentially going with Amazon and or Apple along with, you know, a, a typical linear broadcast 
slash cable uh, provider. And so that'll be an interesting one to see. And it's, it's, you know, I, I think it makes sense. There's an, we're getting towards an inflection point, I think in the television business where, yes, sir. you know, the, the, the numbers are continuing to dwindle for, for the linear uh, broadcasting cable in terms of uh, people in the bundle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to hedge your bets. I don't know that you go all in yet, um, but you probably don't want to be doing a 15 year deal right now. That's going to lock you into something that you can't get out of. So I think you'll see the deals become a little shorter than they have been in the past. I mean, the big 12 is coming off a 13 year deal. The PAC 12 is off a 12 year deal. You know, at, at the time, you know, the, the broadcasters thought they were great, you know, and the conferences right. thought they were great too, because they could <laughs> announce a big number because it was so many years. Yeah. But now with the potential changes in technology, I think the deals are going to be a bit shorter. Uh, just so that you can take advantage of the shifting uh, dynamics in the television business. Yeah, and I uh, think learning some things from the ACC's uh, length of agreement, and you think now about Central Florida and what they could be making versus Miami or Florida State in a few years, and it's about to get really interesting when some of those things come to fruition. And and yeah, I'm one of those smart guys that you know cut the cord and was going to do things the smart way and now i've got 35 subscriptions i'm just wishing somebody would give me like i don't know a cable package so there's no telling what the evolution will look like but the inflection point is out there somewhere the the tipping point as you yeah no one knows i mean I, I it's you know probably when it gets around 50 million homes left in the bundle that's going to be you know i could see espn creating a, a simulcast of the espn channel that you get on your satellite or wherever uh, on their app and you know you're gonna pay for it and that's what people i think don't realize when they dump the bundle um you know next thing you know you've got a half a dozen or more streaming <laughs> services and what they were at what seemed like a really good price well some of those prices are going up now and that has to happen because they're all losing a lot of money so it, it was inevitable that that would happen. I think, and it'll be inevitable that there'll be some sort of consolidation amongst the streaming services, some sort of streaming bundles. I mean, right now you can get the the Disney Plus, the Hulu, and the ESPN Plus in a bundle. I think you're going to see more of that, and maybe bundles of seven, eight different streaming services that will be offered by somebody if you can get all of the individual entities uh, to agree on how the money should be divvied up. You know, I can, I can tell you firsthand, obviously a sports fan, and Hulu Live is where I went when I went away from traditional cable, and it was because of the sports opportunity, not missing anything there. And I've seen over the years how they have integrated the ESPN Plus stuff into their actual guide. Again, I'm real smart. I'm just back to another cable guide and don't even know it. But, <laughs> but I wonder if that was one of the advantages there for, say, the Big 12 or somebody else involved with ESPN to now have that kind of further down the road of being integrated into some of these things, say, as opposed to a Thursday night Amazon Prime game where you feel kind of isolated getting into that app and you're not really channel right. surfing, I guess. That, that's a that's a very astute observation. I think um, one of the things that I've always had a little issue with the apps is, is moving from the ecosystem that I use, which is DirecTV, into the apps. It's kind of, I call it clunky because it's yeah. just not easy. You know, I can hit three buttons and I'm, you know, from one channel to another, or I just hit my favorites one time and I'm to another channel. The, the difficulty with, you know, leaving my bundle and then getting on the app and then finding the game on the app, even though usually it's, it's right there, right in front of you, it just takes a little bit of time. And as you know, sports viewers are just 
absolutely horrific at staying on one channel very long. They're going to, they're clicking around the whole time. And so to go from the eco, you know, from one platform to another is kind of difficult. I think for Thursday night, it's worked very well for Amazon. And that's primarily because it's the only game on at Mm. that time. Mm -hmm. If you say, okay, Amazon's on a Saturday and there's, you know, say it's the three 30 Eastern window, there's probably six other games on. You know, on the ESPN channels, the Fox channels, the conference on channels, you know, CBS, it is just a ton of games. And so are people going to, you know, leave that, you know, plethora of games and go to the Amazon to watch one college game? I think if they're a fan of that team, I could see that they go there and they just sit there and watch it. But if you're uh, somebody just kind of grazing around, um, you're not going to necessarily you know, run into that game by accident. You're going to have to want to go there. And ESPN Plus has been very smart as to how they integrated that into Hulu, uh, which at some point I assume Disney's going to own all of Hulu. And so you'll, you'll see uh, a lot more of an integration with ESPN Plus through the Hulu Live than, than you will with, at least at this point, with Amazon through through anybody. Well, I'm glad we got on the subject of, of weeknights or Thursday nights. Um, and I got to say, even on Thursday night, I, I'm I'm a big football fan, but not really one over the other NFL or college. I'm like weighing on traditional outlets the combination of Thursday night college games, how interesting they are, versus totally committing to Amazon and not hitting the remote again. So I think there are probably a lot of fans that process it that way. But Thursday night, Friday night, I'm curious – do you think that the Big 12 within this new agreement, are we going to be in for some more non-Saturday or non-traditional game times possibly? Because it really does seem like some others have gotten into that type of rhythm uh, within the Power 5 landscape. Right. I think you, you see more and more. I mean, a lot of a lot of conferences backed off on Thursday night when Fox had the games. Um, but now with, with them on Amazon, it seems as though there's a few more scheduled this year than in, in years past. Um, I think that, that certainly the networks like the games outside the Saturday window because you're, you know, instead of up against five or six games, you may be up against one or two at, at the most. I think, you, you know, like week zero games, Labor Day games, Thanksgiving Day games, Black Friday games, things like that are, are really important, I think, not only to the networks, but to the conference as well to be able to kind of own the time slot and and be the game on at any given time that's going to expose your your programs and your conference to the the widest uh number of people possible is is always a, a good idea yes sir um i'm curious um do you think that that maybe college football fans or college sports fans in general assume there's more friction or competition i mean there has to be a ton of competition but maybe more friction between fox and espn and there actually is, is there, is there like network beef? Is there more of a cooperative <laughs> effort? What does that actually look like behind those closed doors when you are working with similar partners? Well, in, in many cases, it's, it's kind of overblown. Um, you Imagine know, that. Used, yeah, <laughs> if, you know, the, the big 12 and, and the PAC 12, you know, ESPN and Fox were, were basically, you know, partners on the deal and they had to figure out a way to, um, you know, schedule the selections and and work through all that you know part of it's determined by who paid the most money and who had the first position but there's a, a lot of things that are going on i mean fox sometimes has events and they need to have some help from espn and and vice versa the other way around 
So they've been working together for years. And I mean, a part of our international operations, we, we jointly owned a network in Asia together. And, it, you know, people don't realize that, that there is a lot of work in, you know, the guys at ESPN International and the, the folks at ESPN in, in New York and Bristol, like, you know, Burke, Burke Magnus and, and all the folks there in the collegiate section of, of ESPN. Um, we worked with them a ton. And this whole idea that, you know, we're out there trying to stab each other in the back, I think is a little <laughs> bit overblown. Do we compete? Absolutely. Sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, and sports is, is really one of those few businesses that this actually happens, you know, whether it's professional teams or collegiate conferences, sure, you compete. But at the end of the day, you also are very, you know, very uh, decent to each other. And it's, it's not this doggy dog thing. We're, we're all out there to do a job. And, and that is provide sports to as many people as we can. And, you know, we're going to compete, but also at the end of the day, we're, we're going to cooperate. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, thankfully, because that's led to access you never would have believed uh, just a few decades ago to your favorite team every Saturday or Thursday right. or Friday, whenever that might be. Um, I came across you on Twitter at RLT Sports. You can see it there on uh, YouTube if you're watching us there. Um, some fascinating perspectives. Did I, did I see right? You're originally from the West Coast. I am, I am uh, originally from Portland. I, I went to the University of Oregon, uh, left there in like 80 and... and other than a few trips to the, the Oregon coast and to see relatives haven't been back a whole lot. And <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I decided I didn't like the rain that much. So sure. now I'm, I'm in, in, retired down here in Arizona and enjoying nice. the, uh, the nice, the, the, the nice winter weather that we've just had all of a sudden hit. And it's only 80 instead of 108. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I'm curious, personally speaking, now that we've got some Big 12 dust settled to a degree, there's been so much Big 12, Pac-12 comparison. I mean, what what's your speculation on the future of the Pac-12 and uh, who may be a member or who may not or, or what their agreements could look like? Uh, do you think, have any feel for that? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the question is if they want to keep a team at Southern Cal and, and so that, you know, they have a, a home a lot of the recruiting comes out of Southern Cal. So the, the ability to be able to take teams in there every year is great for the, the, the families of the, of the student athletes. And, and it's great for recruiting to be able to say, you're coming back, you'll be able to come back. And so my guess is that if they do decide to expand, it's they go at San Diego state first, mm-hmm. whether they go beyond San Diego state for uh, UNLV, Fresno state, Boise, somebody like that. I, that's, I think a little up for debate debate. And they don't really have to do anything, but I think having a school in Southern California would be good. I would assume that their deal is going to be, like I said, right around the Big 12 deal, probably five-year deal, uh, certainly n- not less than that, and probably not a whole lot more either. That's and, you know, it should be announced here pretty soon. It's taken a little while, um, which, you know, they're out of their exclusive window, which tells me they're talking to other people. And so as opposed to the Big 12 deal, which was with the existing partners, it's always easier to come to an agreement on an exist, you know, with the incumbents because there's a contract already in place. And it's just a matter of changing some numbers more right. or less and and changing the, the term with a new provider, um, as there may be the case with the Pac-12. It's a lot more complicated of trying to get them to fit into what the, you know, say ESPN and or Fox or just one of them uh, is, has been working off the last number, last several years. Plus, 
the fact that it's being a streamer presents a whole different kind of set of sure <laughs> new circumstances that that neither of the parties have necessarily been involved in. Do you have any thought of potentially, because uh, this was a four-letter word in Big 12 country, we've experienced this uh, unequal revenue sharing. Is that a realistic conversation as it pertains to Washington or Oregon having a longer future maybe than is speculated upon right now in the Pac-12? I think that it's something that can be constructed if if constructed correctly. And I think it has to be very incentive-laden. Um, I don't, gotcha. I'm not sure I even necessarily go for just TV appearances as what was part of the problem with the Big 12 yep. in years past. Um, winning the championship, um, you know, getting to the CFP playoff, things like that, that are, you know, you can, you can, there's a certainly a dollar value that can be attached to that. And I think it would be important for Oregon and Washington, probably more so than the other schools in order to get them to be re, remain fully committed. Um, I think that for the big 12, I think they're right now that conference is probably, if you take out Texas and Oklahoma, as as you know equal as they've ever been i mean from top to bottom you really right. have parity i mean you, you had kansas was leading the conference for for a number of weeks <laughs> right. and you know i so it's it's great top to bottom and that's great for the networks i mean to be able to have every game you know mean something on any given week is great the, the downside is you know, beat each other up so bad that it's going to be <laughs> right. tough for somebody to get through and, you know, other than maybe a conference champion who might have an automatic bid in the CFP. So that's the parody's great. And I'm not a huge fan of unequal revenue sharing at the collegiate level. I think that it can be important in order to, you know, create some stability in places that otherwise, you know, Oregon, Washington leave the Pac-12s, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they got to tough road to hoe because yes, I would sir. assume the big 12 is going to go try and pluck the corner schools. And, you know, then you're left with, you know, Stanford, Cal, Washington state, Oregon state, and the big 12 or the big 10 might go after Stanford and Cal as well. And then you've got a 16 Western division made to order. So I think whatever the PAC 12 can do to entice Oregon and Oregon state or Oregon and Washington to stay, is is very important um for their their ongoing uh livelihood <laughs> you know i'm just i have a thought of unequal revenue sharing bringing stability uh to a conference in the same way that uh you know you bring stability to a marriage by making it an open relationship possibly i don't know <laughs> but it may be entertaining so i'm willing to watch it play out before i let you go bob one thing that caught us um or caught our attention certainly in big 12 country the basketball aspect of this agreement with Fox was kind of exciting to me. Um, I'm wondering if the basketball being so good in the big 12, was this actually of some help as it relates to maybe Fox uh, trying to impress more upon their basketball, I guess, uh, platform or am I just dreaming that up? What did you make of the basketball component? That was the, one of the surprises to me because Fox had never had any big 12 basketball. Um, I think that, you know, they, they added a little basketball with the big 10 agreement. Uh, for the network and for FS1 and, you know, adding the pack or the big 12 uh, basketball compliment, I think is great. They ha currently have the big East and it's possible that it was uh, some sort of hedge against potentially losing the big East down the mm -hmm. road. 
um, to be able to have, you know, two conferences. The flip side, the other thing I could say as well, maybe they're not going to play in the Pac-12 uh, rights game. And so they're going to lose some basketball that they had there for a number of years. And so to, you know, just swap out the Big 12 for the Pac-12 and, and basically stay set at the same number of games, men's college basketball games, and, you know, that that would accomplish that. So that's just another reason why I, I, I'm not sure that um, – Fox is going to go hard after the Pac-12. I really look at it more as, as ESPN and, and probably one of the streaming services. That's really interesting and, and maybe a tell that uh, a lot of sports fans might not be picking up on uh, as it relates to to where they are uh, investing their energy and, and their money. Uh, Bob Thompson, former president of Fox Sports Networks and Fox Sports International, the founder of the Thompson Sports Group. I, I can't say thank you enough for the time. I've enjoyed your perspectives on Twitter and uh, appreciate the conversation today. My pleasure, Casey. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir. And of course, for other bonus episodes you don't want to miss, be sure to be subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts so you'll know when they are hitting the scene. And subscribe if you haven't so far. Thanks for joining us once again on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And we're back at it with new episodes each weekday, again, on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts on Locked On Texas Tech.